This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets had a choppy week here this week, ending uh, mixed on Friday. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose's technical trade and soybean meal were leading the soybean market higher. The real leader for these markets uh, has been in the soybean complex of soybean meal. Soybean meal in the upfront months pushed into contract highs, and that goes back to last year's drought in Argentina. Argentina is the largest soybean meal exporter in the world, and they're just basically not going to be able to compete until replenish their supplies until uh, next spring. Thursday's USDA export sales report were massive for the corn market. However, Paradigm Futures market analyst Kent Beadle says traders didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it on Thursday, but Beadle thinks traders were responding to the report on Friday. Uh, I think today, uh, going into the end of the week, we kind of look back at those at those good export sales. We seem to want to trade those a little bit today. Uh, we've, you know, I would note that uh, basis levels in the country in both corn and beans have improved this week, um, and uh, again, most of the demand estimates this week have been, you know, have been pretty good with uh, not just export sales, but then a uh, uh, good ethanol number in corn as well. Corn export shipments, though, were a marketing year low, 484,000 metric tons during the week that ended October 14th. Soybean shipments of 2.4 million tons were a marketing year high. Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Sam Hudson says those export shipments right now are the most important export number. And the shipments are going to be the biggest thing because we can sell as much as we want, but if you don't ship it, it doesn't matter, and that can be canceled later. And so I think our pace between now and the end of the year is really going to suggest what is and is not possible as we get into next year. Uh, and by then, we'll, we'll have a better idea of what, uh, what that weather looks like. Obviously, Argentina is still relatively dry. Northern Brazil is something to watch, but they still have you know, time to fix that. Um, and so I think these markets have a, a path to just kind of chop around here. Thir- you know, you know, 1275 to 1350 soybeans, I think, is a pretty relatively, you know, fair range to expect on the corn. And I think 475 to five and a quarter is where we'll kind of live. Uh, I don't see a reason to really get much outside of that unless it's driven by geopolitics, and that's going to be kind of hard to, to predict there. Last week's exports, uh, rather cattle on feed report, uh, was bearish for this cattle market, and we saw a huge sell-off in the cattle complex on Monday and Tuesday of this week. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On said the market is seeing a, uh, saw a bit of a bounce after that sell-off Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, it has not been a pretty scene. It's not been fun to watch for these cattle guys, um, especially for those in North Dakota that have to not only think about the, the prices, but also the, the system coming through um, right now and dealing with that. So <clears throat> yesterday we tried to find some support into live cattle and feeder cattle. Um, that failed, and we weren't able to hold on to it as well. Now we're coming in today and trying to do the same exact thing. So I'm really hoping that you can kind of round out a bottom here. I think it's going to take feeder cattle getting out of here before you can see both of them go, just because of how hard feeder cattle have broke. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops says the cattle market now has consolidated and is finding its value. We're not seeing much in the way of big movements today. Uh, strengthen, you know, the old crop uh, or the new, you know, the October cattle contract, which is going off the board next week. Um, and the rest of the months are kind of just being spread against it. Uh, once October goes off, you have December trading at a fairly sizable discount to the cash market. So we may see some strength uh, next week as a result, depending upon what the cash markets do. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
While the rest of the world is still asleep, the local cafe is coming to life. The coffee's on, the rolls are in the oven, and the regulars are coming in to claim their tables, just like clockwork. Everyone knows that you best be on time or risk paying the price. Even Jack from Choice Bank down the street. All right, all right. Coffee's on me. When it comes to choosing a banker, find someone you'd want to grab a coffee with. Choice Bank, top North Dakota Ag Bank for 10 years running. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging, talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors here in North Harvest, and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235, brought to you by North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, Varisto Herbicide from BASF, SRS Commodities, and Heads Up Plant Protectants. Here's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Well, the new House Speaker results are in with Mike Johnson winning the road of his fellow Republicans. In a letter, Johnson said his plan is to pass a new farm bill in December. Before that, Johnson wants Congress to pass all 12 appropriations bills. The Agriculture, Rural Development and Food and Drug Administration Appropriations Bill was voted down a month ago in a dispute over budget cuts and language dealing with the availability of an abortion pill. Johnson plans to appoint a new working group to address these concerns. And Combest Cell and Associates Manager Partner Tom Sell is excited to see Congress get back to work with Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson as Speaker. Glad we have this news. And and uh, yeah, after 20 some odd days of not having a speaker, it's, we, we're, we're back to the way the Constitution designed it and having a speaker of the House who can manage and try and or herd the cats that is Congress. Um, so it's going to be fun. Sell is optimistic about what Speaker Johnson has set for priorities. I was encouraged to see that even in his in that kind of initial his rollout of what are the priorities, Farm Bill was among those six. And that's a great sign. Um, and of course, the fact that he represents uh, somewhat rural, many rural parts of, of Louisiana, I think also bodes well uh, uh, for him. He, he, he's well connected to kind of the known Republican leaders uh, from so many swaths, the, the great agricultural lands. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum signed all 14 bills approved by the legislature in its three-day special session this past week. The action was necessary after the North Dakota Supreme Court ruled the Office of Management and Budget Bill unconstitutional. Lawmakers did approve a bill that will provide incentives to a company building a fertilizer plant in the state. This program will forgive $125 million in loans to the Bank of North Dakota once construction is complete. Burgum sought a tax relief bill, but that was rejected. And North Dakota sits at the tail end of the production line for fertilizer, making shortages and price fluctuations more common. Supply chain challenges in recent years brought to light the need for more in-state production of agricultural inputs. North Dakota Farmers Union President Mark Watney says the state needs a nitrogen fertilizer source closer to home. We're not, you know, as important of where the sources are as we are in that $125 million to try to produce more nitrogen. Um, in North Dakota, we face kind of being at the end of the cycle where shipments are made and much of our nitrogen fertilizer that's not produced here comes up the Mississippi from the far east. And uh, we're uh, kind of concerned because there's times when we get pricing disadvantages and supply disadvantages due to not having that production here in the state. 
Watney is in support of a bill in the special legislative session that develops a fertilizer incentive program to urge the building of a fertilizer plant in state. We're just trying to shore up the fact that they're going to continue to support this. Um, you know, it's not a small amount of money, so, you know, a lot of things can change. And I, I guess I'm not necessarily hearing any big impact, uh, or I shouldn't say impact, I'm not hearing any big pushback against it at this moment in time, uh, but we certainly don't want that to happen. And uh, uh, we just want to see things go forward. Uh, we're about nitrogen fertilizer production. And then, of course, if you can add that a, a cleaner or a less impact to the atmosphere production, that'd be great too. Uh, but we just simply need a source of nitrogen in, or more sources of nitrogen in the state of North Dakota. And Navigator CO2 Ventures has canceled its Heartland Greenway pipeline project aimed at capturing carbon dioxide from Midwest ethanol plants. The company released a statement canceling the process, claiming unpredictable state regulatory processes. The company's permit application was denied by South Dakota regulators in September before Navigator paused its permit process with Iowa regulators in early October. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor here on the Red River Farm Network. Every livestock farmer knows they can't control the weather. Recent growing seasons have shown rain can be hard to come by at times. Now you can add protection with a pasture rangeland forage policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. PRF policies help protect you against future yield losses caused by a lack of rain. Better yet, they're customizable and can cover hay and pasture acres. To learn about a PRF policy, contact your local Egg Country office today. Indianapolis is home to agriculture's next generation and the 95th annual National FFA Convention. Listen to the Red River Farm Network for coverage of the blue and gold. These special reports are brought to you by CHS, the nation's largest farmer-owned cooperative and proud supporter of FFA, Farm Credit Services of Mandan, Nutrien, Minnesota Farm Bureau, Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, and Proceed. From the career show to contest results, the Red River Farm Network is bringing you the happenings of the FFA. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor here on the Red River Farm Network. Wet weather will continue to slow the harvest pace through Sunday across much of the Midwest, but good progress is expected when drier weather returns next week. World Weather Incorporated says nearly all of the winter wheat areas should receive enough moisture for the crop to be well established. High temperatures for the northern plains are expected to be mostly in the teens and 20s through Sunday, warming to the 30s and 40s by next Thursday. The El Nino pattern will have an impact across U.S. plains. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey expects to see warmer than normal temperatures this winter. For temperatures, a lot of the country tends to be quite mild, quite warm during El Nino winters. That is especially true across the northern half of the United States, extending all the way from parts of California and the Pacific Northwest through the northern plains, the Midwest, the Great Lakes states, and the Northeast. So we are expecting mild weather. That doesn't mean every single day during the winter is going to be warm, but if you average the 90-plus days of winter, we do expect to see above-normal temperatures particularly in the northern U.S. And Rippey says precipitation will be less than what we expect during those winter months. With that weakened northern or polar jet stream, oftentimes we see drier than normal conditions extending across parts of the northern United States. Typically that is most likely to happen across the northern Rockies and northern plains, as well as the Great Lakes region. That can translate into less than normal snowfall in many cases. And then with the hyperactive southern or subtropical jet stream enhanced by El Nino, 
Oftentimes, we see a very active storm track across the south. This year, this winter, we're expecting that above-normal precipitation pattern to extend from California eastward through the Four Corners region, the central and southern Great Plains. Much of Brazil will continue to see a gradual increase in rainfall over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says soaking rains will not occur regularly and increases in soil moisture will be gradual. Heavy rains are expected in Paraguay and southern Brazil with nearly all of Brazil receiving some rain. Widespread rains will fall across Argentina through next week Friday. And with five to six inches of snow on the ground so far, fall fertilizer applications came to a screeching halt for Dakota Agronomy Partners' Glenburn location agronomist, Ty Gross. I kind of brought our operations to a halt. We're hoping the season isn't over, but it's not looking very good right now. Gross says there is still crop in the field. A few acres of corn that I've seen around here that are still out there, which isn't great. And also, I mean, around here there's a couple quarters of sunflowers out still, so that's not... Not ideal situations for those guys. I mean, you can see, I mean, I'm looking at a field out my window right now, and you can see uh, there's a pretty significant amount of snow that gets caught on top of those heads. So hopefully those stay standing for those guys. But, yeah, I would imagine they'd break over a lot easier than corn would. Belfield, North Dakota farmer Byron Richard has finished up corn harvest, but others in his area are still working. Well, harvest been pretty good. It was a long one. Uh, we had an exceptional year out in our area for corn and sunflowers. The row crops were phenomenal this year. A lot of sunflowers haven't been harvested yet. Corn, I would say, probably is maybe two-thirds done at the most up in our area there, but it's been excellent yields, a lot of challenges for some folks. They're not used to this many bushels. A lot of people out west aren't set up with dryers like they are out east, so you almost have to give time for it to dry down, but then we're historically been around that 70, 80 bushel corn, and this year we're averaging that 120, 125 bushel in a lot of places. So it's just been one of the most exceptional years for corn. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor here on the Red River Farm Network. Rain or shine, you rise with the sun, working the land, nurturing crops, and bringing food to our tables. So here's to your hard work, we recognize your tireless efforts and dedication at Wilbur Ellis. As we bring the season to a close, we're proud to stand alongside you as your trusted partner. We're honored to be a part of your journey, providing the tools you need to succeed and thrive. We're better together. That's the power of we. Reach out to the Wilbur Ellis Grand Forks team today at WilburEllisAgribusiness.com. Keep up to date on this year's harvest right here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Harvest Hotline is sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology, and the North Dakota Mill. We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. It's Harvest Hotline, a daily feature on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.